0: There'll be opportunity at the end so you can continue these conversations and continue getting to know each other. But it feels like the autumn term is underway. Term started back this week, children are back at school. And how do we know that the new term has started? Because the sun made a return. After six weeks of not great weather, the sun was back again. And many years ago, I used to be a teacher. And frustratingly, it was quite a similar weather pattern then. But when I used to teach, I taught a variety of ages. And you might even remember this from when you were at school yourself. But so often at the start of term, um, as a teacher, you give your new class that little pep talk. You talk to them a little bit about what you expect, your expectations for the year ahead, about their attitude and the way that they're going to behave. But in the midst of that, what I was hoping for was that the children would actually see how incredible they were, that they would see something of their potential, and that they looked forward to the year ahead with this excitement, and more importantly, a hope. But still knowing where the boundaries lay, that was my dream, wherever I achieved that in that one talk, I doubt it, but that is what I hoped for. But as we start this new term here at Worbs, last week Phil kicked us off with our new sermon series, and he spoke on the first part of 1 Peter. And he was talking about us having this living hope, this new life we can have in Jesus. And so I wanna continue with that a bit today. I wonder for you, as you look at this new term ahead, as you look at these next few months um, of the autumn, whether right now, today, this morning, you are feeling full of hope. Or I wonder if you look ahead, actually if there's situations which you're feeling a bit hopeless about. Or perhaps you've got a mixture of both of those things going on in your life. But actually, I think the more important question to ask is where is your hope today placed? Where is your hope? So we're going to think this morning a bit about how do we build this living hope into our lives? So it doesn't depend what happens in the next few months, not dependent on the circumstances which might or might not happen. How can we, in a few months' time, look back and actually say, wherever I am right now, that I've got more hope in Jesus. I've got more hope in Jesus in December than I did in September. Can I pray for us as we start? Father, I want to thank you that you know each of us in this room. Lord, I want to thank you that you know the circumstances, the things that we face today. And I want to pray, Lord, wherever we are, whether we're not even sure right now that we believe in you, or whether we're full of faith, that this will be a term our hope in you grows. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're going to look at the next part of 1 Peter. We're going to be starting at verse 13. So if you've got Bibles and you like to have it in front of you, you might want to turn it now, perhaps get it up on your phone. But it's also going to come up as well on the screens um, just behind me. So 1 Peter, starting at verse 13. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. So for our living hope to grow, We need to, firstly, we need to remember who our hope is in. Remember who our hope is in. Verse 13 of that passage I just read, it started with the word, therefore. So for this reason, because of. And so we need to know what is this reason that means that we do this. So verses 1 to 12, the previous verses, they are talking about having this living hope in Jesus. They are talking because of Jesus' death and his resurrection, because he is alive today, because he's risen again, that we can all have this new life, that everyone is welcomed into this new life, not just for today, but for all of eternity. And because of this, it goes on in verse 13 to say to us, set your hope on Jesus. We need to remember that our hope is in Jesus. The reason that we can have this hope is not dependent on our own ability. It's not dependent on the circumstances we find ourselves in. It's not about gaining more material things or our health or the grades perhaps our children might get at school, or promotion at work. It's not about necessarily finding your dream spouse. Or all these different things that so often the world says to us that are really important. And these things in themselves, they're good things. They're good things to put our hope in. But when that's the only place that our hope is in, then we get rocked around depending what is happening in life. And we miss out on, the, on Jesus. We miss out on the one who we can completely rely on. We miss out on the place where this constant hope can be. I was, um, last week we have a prayer meeting just before the service and I was sitting behind Sam who is our worship pastor, he was leading us this morning and I got a bit distracted because he had this quote on his t-shirt so I ended up reading that instead and at the end I said to him, "Um, can I just take a photo off your back? I thought it might look a bit strange so I'd ask first but I really loved this quote and it says this, it says, I have stood on the mountain peak and I've walked through the valley deep. I have loved and lost and seen the death of dreams, but I found the God who won't give up on me. And I reread this um, quote the next morning. I had my Bible out. I was starting to prepare for today. And I came back to that quote, and as I was reading it, I felt quite overwhelmed by it. And I think it's because I feel I can relate to that quote. And I'm sure I'm probably not the only one here. I've had those Mountain tops. times. I've had times when life has been incredible. And right now, life isn't perfect, but I'd say life is good. I'm in a good place. Things are good. But I've also had those seasons in life. I've had those valley moments. I've had those times when it's felt so hard and so painful. And you know, you're not quite sure you're going to get through it. I've had times where there's been dreams and things I've dreamt and longed for and desired, and I've had to let go of them, but actually whatever season I've been in, I've been blessed, not because of my circumstances, but because I've known Jesus. And at times I found it hard to hold on to that hope, but I'm so glad that I did because actually that is the most precious thing in life, is our relationship with Jesus. And the middle of this Bible passage, it it talks about the fact that we can have this relationship with Jesus. It's not because of perishable things like silver or gold, but it's because Jesus chose to die for you. That is the extent of his love for each of us here. Verse 21 then goes on to say, through him, through Jesus. You believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Just like I used at the beginning of term, tell my class how incredible they were and I wanted them to see it. Know today at the beginning of this term that each of you, the reason you are so precious because Jesus died for you that is how much he loves you that is what your worth is and because of that you can have this living faith and hope in a God who will never give up on you Lexi and Rob this morning they've chosen to have Libby baptized because they many years ago they found this living hope in Jesus And their heart is that that is what Libby is going to do, that she is going to grow up. And my prayer for her this morning is that she will, is that she will know from a young age how precious she is and that her confidence and her hope will get placed in God. The message version says, for one of those verses, it says, your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. So what can we do this morning to keep that consciousness of God? What can we do this morning to keep growing that living hope in Jesus? It can feel easier, can't it, sometimes in the middle of a worship set where everyone around you is singing, and it's almost that tangible presence of God. But what can we do to keep that hope on a Monday morning when we're running late, and I wish I'd got up 10 minutes earlier so I wasn't frantically trying to get out the door? Sometimes I find it really helpful to have Bible verses around. Perhaps to have a few around your house so when it's all going a bit pear-shaped, you can look again and you can remember where your hope is. Perhaps put something on your screensaver because one of the things I think we look at many times a day is our phone. Perhaps have something on your screensaver. So each day, um, each moment you pick up your phone, you're reminded again where your hope is in. So firstly, remember where our hope is it's in Jesus secondly be prepared be prepared verse 13 in the message version it says so roll up your sleeves get your head in the game be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives or other versions say things like prepare your mind for action or having minds that are alert and fully sober This isn't about being busy. It's not about, if you're already three or four days into term, or perhaps you've just started a new job, and already life is feeling a bit overwhelming, and you think, how am I going to get through this next month? This isn't about us having to do lots more. But it's about getting our minds ready. I don't know what you think of when you hear, be prepared, but I think of the scout motto, which has been around now for over a century. Not that I was around when it started. But um, I read, I think it was 1907, it first came. And we still use it today. And when Baden-Powell wrote that, and he was saying to the scouts, you know, be prepared, this is what he meant. He wrote, your, be prepared means you're always in a state of readiness in mind and body to do your duty. I would love to say I'm always in a state of readiness. If you saw me first thing in the morning, you would know I'm definitely not always in a state of readiness. But so often we can talk or I find myself things saying, like, you know, my head is all over the place, or perhaps you're feeling distracted by something. I'll say things like, my head just isn't in the game today. I can't get my head in the game. And yet it's in our minds that so often the battle is won or lost. It's in our thinking, isn't it? And we we all have these external forces, these um, pressures from the outside. And they so often are what cause that inner dialogue. Sometimes we recognize those pressures, but I think a lot of the time we don't even quite see them. And that is then where our thoughts go. And so often the place our strongest thoughts go is the direction we can end up going because what we think can end up shaping who we are. But we're called instead of conforming to this world, instead of letting these external pressures dictate who we are, we're called instead to be transformed from the inside out. There's this contrast between something pressing in on us and making us conform to something changing us from within and allowing us to be transformed it puts it in the Bible like this in Romans 12 verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can see this transformation. I so often get frustrated with myself and I think like, oh, why have I gone back to that negative thought? I thought I'd beaten that. Or I don't know if there's a way you respond in a way which you don't like. And I'm like, Why have I just done that again? And I can end up feeling really frustrated and that kind of sense like, oh, I just can't change. But that's a lie. With the help of God, we can change. With the help of God, we can be transformed from the inside out. You know, when I used to speak to the children beginning of that year, I wanted them to know the potential they had. I wanted them to know the potential, not just of who they were today, but of who they could become. And yet, so often, even younger children, they've been bombarded by these messages, and they're already saying things like, you know, I'm not good enough, or I can't do this. And I wanted them to know that's not the truth. So one of the key ways we get our minds ready is if we saturate it with the truth. With those children, I'd say, no, that's not the truth. You, you know, you can do this. And it's the same for us as adults. We need to keep on saturating our minds. We need to know the truth of who we are, because all day long we get bombarded with these external pressures, or sometimes it's just my own mind. I don't need any help from the outside. These things which tell us until you do this or until you have this, you're not worthy or you're not enough. But that's not what God says to us. And so we need instead to know what the Bible says. We need to know the truth of what he says to us. We need to spend time in God's presence, in worship and prayer. So again, we can hear his voice in our lives. So that with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can have our heads in the right game. So firstly, we need to know that our hope is in Jesus. Secondly, we need to be prepared. And then as we're transformed, we're called number three, to be holy to be holy. Oswald Chambers, he was um, an evangelist, a Baptist, and we've got a few Baptists in here, Um, and he was around the beginning of the 20th century, and he said, holiness, not happiness, is the chief end of man. Holiness isn't so much about morals, I think I've said before, often when we hear the word holy, we kind of think of people who act like they're holier than thou, it's not about that. When we think of God's holiness, It's about his otherness, his apartness. It's about what makes him unique. It's the things that make him pure and special and perfect and all of those things. And we are called to grow and to become more like him. Verse 15 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it's written, Be holy, because I am holy. Because of what Jesus has done, and because we are redeemed, we're called to live these radically different lives. We're called to be set apart for God in all we do. As our minds are transformed, it should then impact the way we live. And when we're called to be holy and transformed, it's actually about us becoming more the people we were created to be. It's not this long list of things you can't do, but it's about us becoming more Like Jesus, who is holy. And one of the main ways that we demonstrate this holiness, the way that we live it out, is by loving others. And we're going to come back to that in just a moment. But for us to grow this living hope in Jesus, we can't do it on our own. We need community, we need one another here at WORBS, or perhaps you're here today visiting from a different church. You need the people around you. In the summer, um, Craig, my husband and I, we went down to Swanage for a few days with my stepdaughter, Emily. And whilst we were down there, we decided to buy a paddleboard. And we we loved the paddleboard, even our dog Barnaby joined in. He loved being paddled out to sea and back again. But we'd had it for a couple of days, and then my brother and my sister-in-law joined us for the day. And on that day, we'd just been kneeling on it, Em decided that she wanted to give it a go, she was going to stand up on it. And she did it, and typically, she was a natural at it. She's up there, paddling along. And then my brother goes, Oh, actually, I'll give it a go, standing up. And then, um, with some encouragement from all of them, Um, I thought, and probably because my older brother was there and there's still that slight competitiveness, whatever age you are, sibling relationships don't change that much. I thought, actually, perhaps I will give it a go. If you know me well, or you probably don't even need to know me that well, you probably know I'm not very sporty. I don't have much balance, but I do love the sea. So I thought I would give it a go. Um, By some miracle, I did manage to stand up and paddle a little way. But the only reason I did it is because others were around me, encouraging me. Because I'd seen others do it first, and because there were people in the water holding the board. If I'd been there on my own, I wouldn't have given it a go. And and so I managed to have a little way out, going kind of with the tide, my strong point wasn't turning around and coming back again. And so I needed help to get the board to turn around. But if we are going to stand firm in our faith, if we're going to turn around and go against culture, we need each other. We need people there encouraging us. We need people there helping us to make the turn, to hold the board steady. As well as the Holy Spirit, we need each other. When I talk about those difficult times I went through, I don't think if it hadn't been for the help and the love and the support of other Christians around me that I necessarily would be standing here today. They helped me in those tough times. And the reasons we do baptisms this morning, we don't just do a little quiet service after our main service for the immediate friends and family. We do it as a whole church because we recognize that need that actually Rob and Lexi, they need support as they bring up Libby. And actually all of us want to get behind her, this little four-year-old and say, we're for her, we're gonna be praying for her because that's church family, us having each other's backs. And so the key way for us here at WORBS that we find encouragement and also so we can encourage others is within our WORBS communities. They're within our community groups. These midweek groups um, which meet, they're different evenings of the week. They're about 10 people and they're an opportunity to get together, to get to know each other more, to cheer each other on, to remind one another that your hope is in Jesus. Together, to read the Bible, to saturate your minds with the truth and to encourage one another in those tough moments. Community groups are so much more than just a social place. They're the place where you can keep on growing this hope in Jesus. Because when the waves come, and we know that at different times, waves come. Perhaps there's a moment where you fall off the board. There'll be people around you to encourage you, to help you get back on. So if you're already part of a community group, can I encourage you at the start of this new term to keep going to them, to keep investing in them, to keep investing in the people in them so that together you can go deeper. If you're not part of one, perhaps you've only been part of WORBS for a few weeks, then why not have a look on our website? Why not think about joining one? We're a bigger church, and therefore it can be harder to get to know people by just coming on a Sunday. A community group is an amazing place to get known and to get to know others. On our website, if you go onto it, that's the best place um, to join up. If you go on to stwderby.org, then it's under connect, you will find communities, and halfway down the page, there's a form you can fill in, and that will go to Phil and Anna, and they will find you a community group to be a part of. Or it might be right now that you have a lot of questions about putting your hope in Jesus, you're not sure that you believe in him, then as already mentioned, then why not come along to Alpha instead? Or perhaps for some reason you can't find, uh, get to a community group. You might work evenings or something. Then why not just grab a couple of people around and say, let's go for a coffee? Why not find someone? Don't wait for them to ask you, why don't you take the initiative and get to know a couple of people at Werbs more? We're nearly at the end, but the last verse it says that we looked at today, it says, now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. The verse which really stood out to me as I read this is that word deeply. Because you can't love people deeply if you're not in close proximity to them. You can't love someone deeply by just a little wave across the room. To love someone deeply, you need to get to know them. You need to know the person. And this isn't some add-on to our Christian faith. It's right at the heart of it. It's how we demonstrate this holiness. The way we work it out is in these communities. And as we learn to love each other more than people outside the church, they will notice too. But we can talk about authentic community. We can talk about loving one another from up here at the front. But the only place that that becomes our culture here at WORBS is if we all join in with it. We can all be a part of it. We can all be a part of setting this culture where worlds becomes this place where people are known and where people get to know others. It takes us all to be involved, all of us stepping out in this. Why don't we decide to go after this together this term? To grow our hope in Jesus and to learn to love one another more and to be in community together. I'm gonna to invite the band to come up and as they come up, we have got a couple of minutes now to respond practically. And it might be that you're not part of a community group yet, and you've been wondering, you've been kind of thinking, oh, perhaps I will, perhaps I won't. Then why don't you head to the website now, fill out that page, um, send it off to Phil and Anna, and give go to a community, a group. It might be that you're here at WURBS this morning and actually as you've looked around, you suddenly realise there's someone you haven't seen here for a while. Why not grab your phone right now? You could perhaps drop them a message and just let them know that they're missed. Or perhaps there's someone here and you think, actually, it'd be great to get to know them. It would be great to go for a coffee. And if you're anything like me, I have that intention, I mean it, and I get home and I get into lunch because I'm always hungry after church on a Sunday. And you eat and you the kind of new week has started and you've forgotten. But why not take a moment just now? You might want to pray, you might want to ask God if there's someone he is putting on your heart. So we're just going to have a moment to do that and then I'll pray for us all.